to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Calling all reactive dog owners. Y'all, I know that owning a reactive dog is daunting, it's overwhelming, it's stressful, but I want to give you tools. I want to make your life easier. So that is why I created Reactive Redefined. Reactive Redefined is an online course for reactive dog owners uh, so that you have the skills to improve your dog's reactivity and to make outings more enjoyable. So if you'd like to learn more about Reactive Redefined, head over to my website, agfdogtraining.com. Um, click Reactive Redefined to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so excited that you all are here. I know that the world has been in a lot of turmoil, and I know that there's been a lot of upset to routines for us as the humans, but um, I want to give you guys some tangible steps you can be taking to help your dog during these times. And separation anxiety is a behavior that is really not fun for the dog or for the human. And Melissa's with me. So Melissa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you specialize in separation anxiety so people can get more of an idea of what we're bringing to the table today. Thank you so much, Rachel. Yes, my name is Melissa Dallier and I am from a canine affinity uh, dog training and I am a certified separation anxiety trainer. Uh, so I have been working specifically with dogs with separation anxiety for the last uh, about almost three years now. Uh, and, uh, it is a, an honor to work with these dogs. It's, it's, it's such a, a, a tough behavior disorder that affects millions of dogs around the world. And I work remotely with clients. So all of my work is done remotely so I can help dogs all over the country. I'm located in California, uh, but I help dogs all over the country and world if necessary, uh, deal with separation anxiety, which, which is just such a tough thing to do. And so I, you know, I'm hopping on with you today so that we can talk about, um, what's going on in the world right now and and how that might affect not only dogs with separation anxiety but just dogs in general because being home all the time um is is kind of a strange thing for for us and for dogs and so uh i think it's important that we talk about kind of what i've seen in the world of separation anxiety and how um this strange routine change and schedule change that we have going on in our world might, might affect dogs overall. <laughs> yeah. And guys, you know, um, Melissa posted it on her Insta story recently about how we need to be maintaining routines so that, um, you know, and leaving the house without the dog so that we can prevent separation anxiety from developing in our dogs. And, you know, I know that there's so much up and down, right? Like Melissa and I are not exempt from that. Like our, our schedules and routines have been interrupted. We're not leaving the house like we were before. But I think that it's important to remember that our schedules are not going to be like this for forever. But our dogs don't know that, right? Our dogs are not privy to the information of like, okay, so here's the thing. There's a pandemic and I'm going to be home for a while, but then I'm going to leave. And, you know, for those of you who are not super familiar with separation anxiety, separation anxiety refers to a dog who quite literally panics if they are left alone. And, you know, that's a really 
tumultuous journey for the dog, but also for the people who are responsible for those dogs. So, you know, Melissa and I were talking before we started recording that if you do have a dog with separation anxiety, you know, this whole quarantine thing is probably working in your favor, right? Because it's giving you more opportunities to work through the protocols. But we want to prep these dogs for when eventually we go back to work and we are gone more, right? Because if we don't prep them for that, then we're, we're facing a really potentially serious behavior problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's our, our dogs really, many, many, many dogs thrive off of routine. Uh, and, and we, whether your routine is the same every single day, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or even if it's slightly different, your dogs really, really, really pick up on that. And they get into habits of the time they get up in the morning, when they get their walk, when they get fed, when they take their nap, whether they nap for two hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours, they really, really like that routine. Um, and we have just thrown a huge wrench into that routine. And so I'm not saying that our dogs don't love the fact that we're home all day, um, but they're probably a little confused about it and they probably don't quite understand what's going on. Uh, and so we're home and we're spending all this time with them and we're putting all this effort and this energy into walking them more and maybe giving them more puzzle toys and more treats and more snacks and letting them into our offices and having them in on conference calls. And, you know, I'm seeing it all over the internet, all of these adorable pictures and memes of people working with their dogs and, you know, all of these things. And it's so lovely and wonderful. But what we have to recognize is that this isn't going to be forever. And one day this is all going to end and everybody's going to have to get up in the morning and go back to work. And your dog is going to say, what the F? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? And for many, many dogs that could trigger some pretty serious anxiety. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's important that we try to take steps to keep some sort of routine, to keep some sort of routine for our dogs. We can't get up and we can't, you know, we can't, most of us can't go to work. Um, you know, we may be working in an office, we may not be, you know, maybe you're not working at all, sadly, but I do think that there's some things that we can be doing to try to help our dogs continue to feel somewhat normal during this strange time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Melissa, you know, and obviously like guys, we're going to speak in general terms here because we can't speak to your individual dog, but I think that, you know, I have been making an effort to leave. So I'm boarding a puppy right now. Guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see her name is Maggie. She's a little Bernadoodle. She's about four months old and she's ridiculously cute. But since she's been here, I've been making an effort to leave her home alone while I take the other dogs out. Right. And sometimes in all honesty, like this morning, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, do I really need to do this? But I did because it's important that she learns how to be alone. And not only do I have a puppy, but I'm also trying to teach her that being alone is okay. So Melissa, what are some suggestions you have for my listeners about, um, you know, like how many days, how long, like Best case scenario, how long are we leaving our dogs alone during the day, even what's with what's going on with like the stay at home order and quarantine and all of that? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different things that we can be doing um, based on what you're, what you can do. So there are going to be some people who can't leave the house. There are going to be some people who have to stay at home, whether you're ill, whether you just feel like it's unsafe to leave the house. And I want to address that first, because if you can't leave the house, there are still things that you can do. Nice. I think that you can still wake up in the morning, take a shower, maybe, you know, do your hair, do your makeup, 
make your breakfast, um, and then go into a separate room from your dog. Close the door, okay? Go into a bedroom. If you don't have an office, you know, go into a bedroom and shut the door so that you're, you're separated from your dog. And if for any reason this is an issue for your dog, make that known, you know, oh my goodness, my dog is all of a sudden barking, whining, pawing at the door. Maybe that's a normal behavior. Maybe they don't like being separated from you, but let's start to work on that. Let's maybe get them a food toy, a frozen Kong, a bully stick, a bone, something to make that separation a little bit easier. If that's never happened before, they've always been okay with you going behind a closed door. Well, now you're starting to realize, oh wait, hmm, I've been spending a little bit too much time with my dog over the last couple of weeks. And that's not your fault. It's the situation we're all in. But now I need to start to a couple times a day, go into my bedroom and shut the door, maybe for two or three minutes, maybe for five minutes, maybe for 10 minutes until you can take that conference call for 45 minutes and your dog is okay on the other side of the door. Make it a positive experience, make it a happy experience, and then try to just do simple things like that maybe every single day, okay? If you can leave the house, I want you to still try to do the same kinds of things routine-wise. You know, I'm not saying you have to go through your whole getting ready routine, put on your suit, put on your tie, but if you feel like it, do it because again, that's what your dog recognizes. These are these pre-departure cues that we're getting out of the routine of with our dogs. They're seeing us in our sweatpants, which is great. I love working in my sweatpants. Um, you know, they're seeing us not do all of the things they're used to. So maybe once or twice a week, you go through your whole getting ready routine and then you leave the house and you go for a walk by yourself or you get in the car and you drive away by yourself for 15, 20 minutes at a time. And then you come back and kind of assess how your dog is doing. Does your dog greet you like you've been gone for seven hours and that's not typical of them? Or are they just laying and taking a nap on the couch? If they greet you like you've been set, gone for seven hours and that's not typical of them, then maybe you need to try to do that a little bit more often. Or put a camera out. You know, if you have security cameras, watch them in the house, see what they do. Are they antsy? Are they pacing a little bit? Are they waiting by the door more than they usually would? Um, and, and be aware of that behavior because those could be some signs that they're not quite used to you going away anymore. And maybe you need to up it a little bit. But if you're doing that a couple times a week and you leave the house and your dog goes and takes a nap, then try to continue on with that type of schedule so that your dog just is used to you going out without them a few times a week. If you need to get out of your house, do it every day. Do it twice a day. I get it. Like I need to get out of my house sometimes without my dogs. Um, but I really think it's just kidding, you know, keeping them up with the fact that we are going to leave the house. We are going to put our, our work shoes on. We're going to take our laptop bag. We're going to do all of these types of things without them there. And we're going to come back at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, I, I, I want to clarify pre-departure cues, right? So um, obviously this is something you deal with day in and day out yes, with separation sorry. anxiety, <laughs> but you know, pre-departure cues essentially are the cues to your dog that you are going to leave. And if you have a dog who has separation anxiety, I think that, and Melissa, correct me if I'm wrong here, but historically that will predict and that will elicit some anxious behavior from the dog because they know that you are leaving. Is that right. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we want those to go away. So the, the goal, if we, if I'm working with a dog with separation anxiety, the first thing that we work on is making sure that those pre-departure cues no longer bring about any sort of anxiety. Um, and so all dogs pick up on these. 
it's just for a dog that's that doesn't have any sort of separation issues they're watching you put your shoes on they're watching you take your shower they're watching you you know do all of these things and for most dogs that's their cue to go get in bed that's their cue to go get cozy on the couch that's their cue to go do this and that because they know you're going to be going away for the day um so one of my dogs is a recovered separation anxiety dog and uh Usually when I put my Roger, shoes on, Roger, Roger, yeah. okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so that's why I got into this work because when I brought him home, 18 little week old puppy, he had some terrible separation anxiety. Yeah. Um, and so usually, you know, I get my, I put my shoes on, I'm getting ready to go to work and he goes and lays down on his bed. And so since we've been home now, I put my shoes on, I get ready and he starts pacing around the house and he starts getting really agitated. And so he can really, really easily slip back into his old habits. And so I've been having to be really conscious of all those kinds of things. And he's okay. I mean, he's, he's not regressing too much, but I have to really be aware of at what point I'm getting ready that he's starting to get a little bit anxious and wonder what's going on. Yeah. And you know, Melissa, I love just the simple act of just being in a separate room from the dog. Mm -hmm. like that's something that we can all be doing every day to help prevent our dogs from developing separation anxiety when eventually things get back to some sort of normal. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really easy. And I think that a lot of us are probably unintentionally doing that. Right. So guys, I'm in my office right now and Tiva and Waylon are not with me. They've just ch chosen to be in the other room, but I think I am going to make an effort maybe just to have the door closed. Tiva is a dog who I'm not sure I would call it separation anxiety per se, but we kind of have a codependent relationship, right? So her being away from me can be difficult, but in all honesty, you guys, since I've been home more, I think Tiva's just kind of like, yeah, 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 you're here again. I'm going to go do what I'm doing now. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So you kind of mentioned some of the, the red flags, Melissa, but I, I want to just, I want to pinpoint these. So my listeners who are not sure if maybe their dog may be like on the verge of some anxious stuff when they leave, like what are some of those red flag behaviors that you would want to be addressing right now when we have the time to do it? So I think that some things that, and these can be confusing, of course, because now every time we're going to put on our shoes, if you haven't been working on this, when you put on your shoes, your dogs probably think they're going to go for a walk. So if you're putting on your shoes and your dogs are getting a little tippy tappy and excited and, and waggling, that's not necessarily a reason to think they might be getting anxious, but what happens if you walk out the door? do they start, do you hear any clawing or barking or whining? You know, is there any vocalization happening? You know, do you hear what you normally wouldn't hear? Um, but I think that we can all, a lot of your listeners probably can tell a difference between a dog that is getting a little anxious when you put your shoes on and maybe put your coat on versus a dog that thinks they're going for a walk. You know, if you put your shoes on, you put your coat on and you don't go to where their leash is, are they going to be able to go and settle down? You know, especially if you give them a frozen calm. So for Roger, um, for instance, he never refuses food. He's, he's not a food refuser. He, there's, there aren't many things he will refuse. And so we have a little routine where we, you know, I get ready to go and then each of the dogs gets a little treat and then we walk out the door. So for the last week and a half, he won't take his treat when he, when we leave because he's too anxious. Uh, so that's a big indicator for me that it's, I still need to continue to work on this for a very long time um, until I get him to the point where he's willing to take his little treat when I leave the house, because I know that he's feeling more comfortable again. Um, so just your, you know, if you have a normal routine, if your dog 
is unable to process that normal leaving routine, maybe they're starting to feel a little bit anxious. Um, again, a really, really wonderful way is to just have a camera. You know, be looking at your cameras. Many, many people have security cameras in their houses these days. Just watch the camera. Just watch the camera for a few minutes. You know, if you're just going to drive down the block or drive around for a half an hour, just have an eye on them. You know, what do you see? Do they stand by the door longer than you think they normally would? Um, and you're not, you know, for, for hopefully most dogs out there, you're not going to see full-blown separation anxiety develop immediately, but you might see some indicators that they're starting to feel a little bit anxious. And if you're seeing those things, don't panic, just practice more. Just, just practice every day or every other day so that your dog can continue to get in this routine. If you are seeing something really concerning, if you walk out of the house and your dog immediately starts vocalizing, immediately starts pacing around, you know, starts digging at the door, starts scratching, something that you've never seen before, then maybe reach out to me or another certified separation anxiety trainer and we can talk you through it. You know, we can, we can get an eye on it for you and tell you what we think you might need to do going forward and how to help your dog, um, whether it's just getting them back into routine or if it might be something a little bit more serious. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I think, I think that that's a really good distinction you made, right. That like, I mean, some dogs are just going to get pumped when you put your shoes on, right. Cause yeah. that has a reinforcement history in a lot of other ways. So, right. you know, and I think that, it's, it, it obviously depends on the individual dog. And I think just watching them from a video cam can give us way more insight, but you know, a dog barking a few times when you leave and then a dog like screeching and scratching at the door. Like, I feel like that's a pretty far distinction. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. guys, just cause your dog barks a little bit when you leave doesn't necessarily mean right. That we're looking towards separation anxiety, but I think right. that, that still does indicate like a slight discomfort that could probably still be alleviated with some creative solutions. Right. Yeah. Or just, you know, if it's different, if it's different than it ever has been, if it's something different than you've ever seen in the past, because things are different now in our world, you know, things have yeah. changed and uh, we have to recognize that we've changed and our dogs are going to change along with things. Not always, but they might. And this may not be an issue for any dogs. Well, for some dogs, but it not every be, dog. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. want everybody out there listening thinking that, oh my God, my dog's going to get separation anxiety. Um, but it's just something to be aware of. It's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Well, and I think something that's important here is the timeline, right? Like, you know, I, I know that, you know, depending on where people are living, there's different restrictions and stuff like that. But like, for me personally, I've been working from home for like almost a week and a half. And in Colorado, our stay-at-home order is happening until at least April, April 11th, if not longer than that. So, like, you know, this isn't just, like, one or two weeks of a change in routine, right? Like, we're looking at probably close to, like, three, four, we'll see how it pans out, weeks right. where you are home with the dog more. So, right. I think that this, you know, that's why we wanted to do this episode, you guys, is because there's just these small changes you can be making, and then we can prevent it from, you know, turning into this, like, full-blown um, behavior disorder that now you're trying to scramble to fix while you go back to work. Right. It's a lot easier to work on preventative steps, set your dog up for success now than it will be to realize it happened in a few weeks. Because I, I do not, while I love my job, I do not want to get a whole slew of new clients yeah, in right. six weeks because of this. I, it's the last thing that I want. It's, it's the last thing that I want. Yeah. Well, okay. And like, I think we should just take a moment to shout out the people who do have dogs with separation anxiety. And like, you know, this is an amazing opportunity for you to work through all these protocols without feeling like you need to invest in daycare or the dog going to stay with a 
a dog trainer or something like that, right? So it's so true. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the big things about working on separation anxiety with the protocol that I, that I use and I, you know, that, that certified separation anxiety trainers use is, is that a, a huge part of the success is being able to suspend all of your absences from your dogs basically not having them left alone at any point during the training process. And that doesn't necessarily mean from you, for most dogs, they just need someone around. Um, and so many of my clients have to utilize daycare and pet sitters and all sorts of creative management solutions to make sure that their dogs can be around a warm body all the time while we're trying to help them heal from this behavior. And so this gives a really, really good opportunity for people to work on this while they're home because they're not spending money on daycare and pet sitters and having all of their friends help them seven days a week and, you know, exhausting all of these options. And so while I know that it can be a really difficult time to think about training right now, it can be a, a really hard, I mean, I've been there. I don't want to think about anything, you know, it also is a really, really fantastic time to start thinking about helping your dog if they are suffering from separation anxiety. You have a really great opportunity. If you're home with your dog, their stress levels are lowering every single day if they do suffer from separation anxiety. Um, all of these, these, every time that you leave your dog alone, if, if they have separation anxiety, their stress is spiking up and spiking up and spiking up. And so if you have a chance to start them fresh, uh, if not being left alone for several days at a time, you're going to start them in a, in a pretty decent place for, for the most part. And so I think it's, it is a good opportunity for people to start thinking about working on these issues. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that we've all been on this emotional roller coaster, but I think that it is uplifting to see the bright side, right? That because I know that separation anxiety plagues a lot of dogs and a lot of people. So this does definitely make me feel a little bit better that like people have more of an opportunity to work on this behavior right now. And guys, I know we've kind of been lumping this into people who have to stay at home. So if you are an essential person and you're still working, thank you for still working. Yes. We really appreciate yes. you, right? Yes. But thank you so much. My mom works in healthcare and uh, I, I am thankful for her every single day. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the advantage to that is your dog probably is not going to get separation anxiety because you're maintaining your normal routine. True. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So Melissa, any final thoughts on what we can do to um, prevent separation anxiety in our dogs during these uncertain times? I think, you know, I think I went over this in the beginning, but I didn't say it when we were leaving them alone is make it a positive experience. You know, if you're not already using food toys, if you're not already using chews, things like that, leave your dog with a frozen Kong, leave them with, you know, a puzzle toy, leave them with something like that. Always make it a positive thing. If you didn't do it in the past, throw it in now. Um, and then keep it going in the future, you know, give your dog that, that really yummy treat or really yummy thing when you leave the house, just to make them know that, Hey, you leaving equals something really, really great. That way they're going to look forward to it and they're going to want you to go. And then, um, they have a reason to want you to leave the house. I mean, I think they're probably getting sick of us a little bit anyway, <laughs> but you know, give them, give them a reason to want you to leave the house for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, if you need inspiration for enrichment shoe items, I know that uh, Melissa has a great highlight on her Instagram page. I have a highlight on my Instagram page. So um, there's, there's plenty of resources for upping the enrichment for your dog to make sure that it's a positive experience when you're leaving them alone. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh, Melissa, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yes. You can find me on my website at a canine, all spelled out affinity.com. I have a page on there just for my separation anxiety services. Uh, you can fill out a submission form if you need it. Otherwise you can reach out to me for other types of training. I'm on Instagram, a canine affinity on Facebook at a canine affinity. I'm sure Rachel will link that all in the show yep, notes. I'll include it all. Uh, and that's about it. I don't do Twitter or any of those other things. Oh my God. There's so many social platforms. There's so many things. There really are. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. And guys, I'm really excited because this is episode one, but Melissa's joining me for a second episode all about puppy socialization. So stay tuned for that one too. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Hey guys. So I do not take promoting a product lightly. I really don't. I'm not going to tell you about a product I don't really believe in. And I'm not going to tell you about a product that doesn't have a fabulous team behind the product. But I was out of CBD for probably like two weeks. And then the lovely ladies at Vet CS got me another bottle. And I didn't really think about it. But after I started giving the dogs CBD again, Waylon's energy level greatly increased. I think that the CBD helps him feel so much better. So guys, this is not a gimmick. There is no bullshit. I believe in this product. And if you think that your dog could benefit from CBD, I highly suggest check out VetCS. You can learn more about CBD for dogs, cats, and horses at VetCS.com. And you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.